Are you ready? Now back to Heatwave Sports. Welcome back, Hour 2 of Heatwave Sports, Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas. Tim Unglesby, Tom Barton, Ari Platinum with you here for another hour as we get you all set up for tomorrow morning and NFL week number three. Tom, do we have a change in that game that is currently going on? Or are we still sitting a 14-point lead? Yeah, still a 14-point lead, five minutes to go. Arizona State has the ball. Uh, Chris Wynn keeps uh, saying that they, they keep going up and down, man. Yeah, this is this is now 70 points scored. Uh, next week, Colorado, USC. What are you setting the total at, Tim? Oh, man. 60. At least. I think at least 60. Yeah. Those of you chasing uh, if, money. I'll tell you what. If it's, if it's 60, Tim, that might be my play of the week. I'll give it to everybody. <laughs> You're chasing money with Hawaii 17-10. The Rainbow are down to New Mexico State at home. About halfway through the third quarter on on that one. And we're talking week three in the NFL, of course. So let's jump back into it, Tom. The Houston Texans, one of the worst teams in the NFL. We know that. 0-2 head to Jacksonville to take on the Jags, who are 1-1 one one after last week's loss to Kansas City. The Jaguars are uh, these. By the way, we're using Westgate current odds right now. So right now, the Jags sit Tom at seven and a half. The total is forty-three and a half. Yeah, people liking the Texans. Look, C.J. Stroud has been very impressive. I mean, he's putting up big, impressive numbers. He looks good. Uh, Damian Pierce can't find a lane to run in. They can't run the ball. They they are throwing it up and putting up good numbers because they're behind. And they're behind because the defense that we thought could be okay just hasn't come into fruition. I mean, Anthony Richardson was able to throw on them. I think this is the get-right game here for the Jaguars. Uh, they had a little bit of an off game last week. If you watch the game, besides it being about 120 degrees on, on the just ridiculous, basically, uh, you know, solar sun out there in Florida, um, Trevor Lawrence threw about four or five passes that should have been caught for touchdowns, and the guys just couldn't keep their feet in. That's a big difference in the game. This won't be so close. I, I do believe that this is a get-right game for the Jaguars because the Texans are missing a ton. The Texans are missing four defensive players in this game. That is just too much for a team that doesn't have the depth to go back at it. Now, I think that C.J. Stroud can put up some points. I like this Jaguars defense. I like what they did against the Chiefs. I, I didn't love what I saw them do against uh, Indianapolis, but that's okay. I still like what they can bring to the table. But I think Stroud is going to fire it to the young guys enough to put a little threat into the Jaguars. But when all is said and done, big game for Trevor Lawrence. I like his over the one-and-a-half touchdown total. I like him to probably throw for you know 250. I think Travis Etienne has a huge game as well because you could really eat them up on the ground. I can't see Houston keeping pace here. Just because the Jaguars' good defense is good, but I'm telling you now, Stroud is becoming a player. I didn't think he was going to be this quickly, but they are just letting him throw it all over the place. Do you kind of see this like week one against Jacksonville? Same thing, uh, maybe a little closer than you think at first, but then uh, Jacksonville just pulls away and wins by double digits. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I I could see this really getting away from Houston quickly as well, hmm. uh, just because of their defensive 
problems. I, I, look, if they unload and Peterson comes out and he just says, okay, Trevor, we're, we're going to unleash you here in the first quarter, we can look up and it could be 20 to nothing. And then, you know, they become one-dimensional, tack on a couple of late touchdowns, but it could get real ugly. AFC East matchup next. New England 0-2 and at the New York Jets 1-1. and Pats, two tough losses in weeks one and two to Philly and Miami. The Jets, they lose Aaron Rodgers in week one. Somehow find a way to beat Buffalo, but then are just blasted by the Dallas Cowboys in week two action. This game sits New England on the road, a three-point favorite with a total of 36. Yeah, Tim, look, the Patriots are are sitting here at 0-2, but the Patriots look good in their two losses, right? I mean, it's hard to do. They really did. They held Jalen Hurts down. They looked good against the, the Dolphins. They probably, you know, should have been a lot closer in that game than they really were. I think the Patriots look good, and their defense really is carrying them. And then on the other side of the ball, here's what we have. We have Bill Belichick against Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is 0-4 in his career against Belichick. In his career, Zach Wilson has two passing touchdowns and seven interceptions against Belichick. The Jets have offensive line issues right now where they lost another offensive lineman. So they're, they're down to backups to backups. And just in case you are a history guy like me, the Patriots have now beaten the Jets in 14 straight games. The Jets haven't scored more than 17 points on them since 2000. Yeah, this is going to be one of those. Yeah, the, the over-under said 36 and a half. I think it might not get within 10 points of that. This has the, the makings of one of those old-school... 13-3 kind of just, why am I watching this? If you are a red zone watcher like I am, you may not see the New England Patriots or the Jets on the TV the entire time. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Mac Jones so far, Tommy? He's, being, he's consistent, right? I think you can say that. He's not losing these games for him. Hey, look, he's got an offensive coordinator. That's weird, right? Mm. Wow. Yeah. You give the guy an actual offensive coordinator, real, and, and he looks fine. I don't think Mac Jones is ever going to be a Super Bowl winner. Mac Jones is never going to be an MVP. But can Mac Jones be a guy that is okay? Can Mac Jones become a Daniel Jones type of player? Yeah, I think so. You know, squarely outside the top 10, but not in the last uh, bottom 20. He can win for you. The problem is that Mac Jones has no weapons. Ramondre Stevenson I like, and that's it. What weapons does he have? Don't, don't sit here and tell me Kendrick Bourne. He's a three on a playoff team. On a championship team, Kendrick Bourne's a three. Playoff team, maybe a two, but probably a three. Devontae Parker, he's a three on a playoff team. Let's start talking about Hunter Henry. Okay, Hunter Henry is a backup tight end on a championship team or a playoff caliber team. Their offensive linemen, maybe one or two of them might start on a playoff caliber team. Ramondre Stevenson is good, but that's it. There's no weapons on offense. There's just no talent on offense. And that right now is really what's holding Mac Jones back. He had a lot of coaching problems last year that were absolutely obvious. He doesn't have the coaching problems this year. He has the talent problems now. Lambeau Field will host the Green Bay Packers 1-1. One one. New Orleans comes to town 2-0 and oh right now. Green Bay minus 2, Tom, oh, 42 the total. Look, I think that Green Bay and, and Jordan Love have opened up my eyes, and they look better than we should give them credit for. I, I, I mean... You know, they look pretty good uh, at times. But let's let's calm down because while Jordan Love did look good, what's the defenses that 
really are, are going, oh, yeah, that, that's the defense. That's tough. Here comes one in the seats. Now, I know Marcus May is going to be out, so that certainly opens it up. And maybe Watson's back for Green Bay. Maybe Aaron Jones. For me, a one-point line is perfectly fine. Derek Carr has played efficiently, but he doesn't have any running backs, right? Derek Carr has played fine, uh, but you know that Jair Alexander is one of the top two or three cornerbacks in the league. He's going to kind of, I would think that he's going to shadow Olave. He might not cover him fully, but he's going to shadow Olave. That'll take away a problem for, uh, take away a solution, I should say, and cause a problem for Derek Carr. The, the line is one. I'll lean Green Bay on the straight basis that I think Aaron Jones, if he comes back, is the difference maker. But we don't know if Aaron Jones is going to be in there 100%. And if he's not, I would lean the Saints. Here's another one where you look at a one-point line, just like Minnesota and the Chargers, and you go, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's a pure coin flip. You could talk about the Lambeau field factor. You could talk about you know, how Green Bay is there. Well, it's a different Green Bay team. We don't know how Jordan Love can defend Green Bay. We haven't seen him play anybody yet. Don't tell me Atlanta. We haven't seen him play anybody yet. The Bears are a mess, and Atlanta is a one-dimensional offense. Now you have a throwing offense. Now you have an offense that can move the field ball downfield. I think the Saints are a good team, but I also think that they're getting benefit of the doubt of playing two absolutely terrible offenses in the first two weeks as well. I'm going to know a lot more about these two teams in 24 hours, as we all will. I think there's still a lot of feeling out between them. Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos, 0-2. and two, Tom, they will head to Miami to take on the Dolphins, who are 2-0. and zero. Denver in the first two weeks, a one-point loss to the Raiders at home, and then a two-point loss to the Commanders at home as well, blowing an 18-point lead there in the second half. So they hit the road for the first time. Miami coming off that Sunday night win against New England. Six-point favorite, 47 the total. Yeah, look, you have to like Miami here. They're they're back at home. Um, They are a better team. But Waddle's banged up and Hill's banged up. Miami still, with, with Waddle's been a little hampered for a while now, Miami still ranks first in yards and third in total points. Tua leads the NFL in passing yards, okay? And he's now going up against a defense that just let uh, just about 300 yards up to Sam Howell. And this is not a slight to Sam Howell, but that's reality, okay? Nathaniel Hackett's offense with Denver last year, uh, 17 points per game, it's not much better here, right? I mean, is, is it really all that much better? It, you look at who they are. I told you guys in the preseason, I really, really, really bared down and concentrated and tried to watch uh, this Denver team and watch Russell Wilson. The only thing I came away saying is that Russell Wilson's finished. I like Javante Williams. They're not ready to give him a full, you know, carry load. I like what they did last week early, and then they fell apart late. How does a team recover from that and then go on the road and play the number one offense in the NFL? I, I, I have to lean Miami here. I know that Waddle's banged up, and that could be a problem. I know that Hill's banged up, and that could be a massive problem. But I think that both of them do play. And if both of them do play, you've got to go with what you know. And what we know is that they are the better team by a rather large margin. And was this, when you look at the Denver situation, bringing Sean Payton in wasn't going to be the the cure to end all, right, Tommy? It's, this is a process here that Denver is at, and I think Peyton's smart enough to know that he's looking at a quarterback that there needs to be a change at some point. Uh, you and I and everybody else seems to believe that Russell Wilson is done, and, and that may be the case. So Sean Payton, smart enough man to know he's coming into a job where he's going to have the, the, you know, the pick of the litter, let's put it that way. How long do you give this? Is he, does he just ride it out this year and then go looking next year? 
I think that's exactly what he does. I, I think he took this job with a, the old handshake kind of agreement with management that, look, I'll tell you if what Russ has really done. I'll tell you if you wasted your money. And if, you know, you give me the year, I'll make sure that we know 100% that he's got nothing left. And if he does, then football's a bad business and we, we got to just cut our ties with him. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the draft. We can make an aggressive move. We're not going to get Caleb Williams, but maybe we could get a Drake May. You know, we 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 can't go out there and, and make huge, you know, giant top five pick kind of moves, but there's a lot of quarterbacks out there. And I think that that was kind of the conversation. Bring in Sean Payton. You made a giant financial and monetary and, and just stature kind of decision with Russell Wilson. If there's anybody that will tell us, look, is the guy done or not? It's going to be him. And if he's done, then we have to walk away. Speaking of Caleb Williams, 322, three touchdowns through the air, Tom, as USC hangs on to a 42-28 win on the road at Arizona State. SC now 4-0 heading into next week's matchup at home against Colorado. What was the line on this one, Tommy? Tonight's game? Uh, it was about just about three touchdowns. Yeah, so no cover for you USC backers there. And it uh, looks like Hawaii gave up the ball on downs on the nine-yard line, so it's 17-10 New Mexico State. Still under a minute to go in the third quarter for those of you chasing your money. All right, Tommy, the, the old famous Hawaii, the Hawaii let's uh, recoup the, the money game. Never seems to go that way, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was always the uh, the game of, of kind of the guys in the bar at the end of the night trying to kind of go, all right, got one more to get things right here. <laughs> <laughs> Except for in the bar where you're at, that game starts at midnight. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is, you got to remember, we stay open till 4. So we're okay. kicking guys out going, come on, Hawaii. <laughs> Who would have thought we'd say this? Buffalo at Washington, and the Commanders have a better record than the Buffalo Bills. Washington 2-0, Bills 1-1. However, Buffalo is a six-point favorite on the road, 43 of the total. And you said last week, Tommy, that their win over the Vegas Raiders was a statement game, and now you believe Buffalo is back on track. I think Buffalo is very much back on track. Look, they, they lost – the first game of the year to a division opponent with a really great defense. And that's what the Jets are. Um, it happens. It, and, and really, they lost that game because their star quarterback made mistakes. It happens. I don't believe in Washington's defense. I like what Washington's doing with Howell, and I, I like that. I don't believe they get They're going to give up some points. But more than that, what I told you guys when we were doing our preview, and one of the reasons – one of the major reasons why I thought that the Buffalo Bills were going to win the Super Bowl this year is because their defense was finally healthy. We haven't we haven't seen a healthy defense by this Buffalo team in a very long time. And they are finally healthy, Tim. And they're showing it. Josh Jacobs had negative yards rushing last week. Negative yards rushing, guys, last week. Um, that's real. Okay. That wasn't that wasn't some fluke. That wasn't an error. No, no, no. That is real. And, and this is that kind of team. If you shut down Brian Robinson, as good as Sam Howell has looked, you are not going to be able to count on him to come back against this Buffalo secondary with Poyer and everybody that's that's there now. It's just not going to happen. So I think that 
Buffalo can get themselves in trouble tomorrow if they beat themselves, which we've seen happen. Washington's that kind of patient team. Washington's a team that will say, okay, you know what? We're going to sit here. We're going to let you beat yourself. We're going to give you kind of the string to hang yourself with, so to speak. And I think that Buffalo will have no, you know, the option of, look, Josh Allen, are you going to take what this defense is going to give you? Are you going to be that, that guy? Are you going to be able to learn from the first mistake? I tend to think that Josh Allen is. I also want to point out it's supposed to be very windy in Washington tomorrow. Um, I think that that will affect both Howell and Allen, but clearly, clearly, I'll take the guy with maybe the strongest arm in the NFL to get cut through the wind as opposed to Sam Howell, who I like, but he doesn't exactly have a Howell that's wrong. Tom, do you do you feel that NFL teams look ahead of at the schedule, or is this not a college situation where you're seeing what's ahead of you? Because Buffalo does play Miami next week, which theoretically, you know, you're looking at playoff opponent, division opponent, and then Jacksonville a week after that, playoff opponent. Or do you feel that it's not like that at this level? Not this early. You know, if this was week 15, Tim, and, um, you know, Buffalo and Miami were going to the playoffs, but it was kind of who's going to win the division. Yeah, absolutely. I could say that this could be a letdown game. Not this early. They also are looking at Washington. They're looking at, at the fact that they're going on the road, which most teams don't let up on the road. It's not like their look-ahead game won't be a road game. It would be a home game against somebody that, eh, you know, if you remember last year, Buffalo lost at home to Jacksonville, right? Uh, yeah. Or was that two years ago? And they lost at home to Jacksonville in a, in a game where it was just, what are you guys doing? I mean, this was, this was awful. So it can happen, but usually it happens at home. Usually it happens against a bad team. I don't know if anybody's looking at Washington as a bad team anymore, especially the fact that Biennemi is there because they all respect him. How about this one? The Atlanta Falcons 2-0 and at Detroit 1-1. and Bijan Robinson with a big week two for the rookie running back in the Falcons. He's now at 180 yards through two games. And Jared Goff, Lion fans, doing Jared Goff things here. 4,200 yards passing last year. He's already at 576, four touchdowns for the Lions. The Lions are a three-point favorite. 46 is the total. Yeah, look, you know, Goff is going to be up against it a little bit this week because uh, you, you look at this and you go, St. Brown is a little bit banged up. He doesn't have his starting running back. I know everybody loves Jabir Gribbs, but he's not his starting running back, right? So they're up against it a little bit this week. Um, You look at who Detroit is, and can they be run on? Yeah, they can. You know, they have a decent pass rush with with Hutchinson, but they can be run on. Here comes Atlanta. All they do is run. Jared Goff, though, in a dome is just absolutely fantastic. He is just fantastic. Jared Goff at home has just been money, money, and more money. The guy just puts up not one. If you like an over-under for a prop play, uh, Jared Goff at home since he's been a lion, especially in the dome, but since he's been a lion at home, two touchdowns every single game. It's just just chalk it up. Two touchdowns every game. That's what's going to come out of this. I know what I'm getting in Jared Goff. At least I, I think I know what I'm getting in Jared Goff. Um, I'm not sure exactly what, what I'm getting in Ritter. I think he's a guy that just purely wants to hand the ball off. Detroit should have no problem in this game. But if they lose, the narrative will be no St. Brown or a banged-up St. Brown, banged-up running back. 
banged up guys. I mean, they have the built-in excuses. But if the Detroit Lions want to be taken serious here, this is not a team you can let down to. Is Jared Goff over one? Is it one and a half tomorrow or is it two? Touchdowns. Jared Goff over one and a half. Put him on the parlay then, Tom. Goff on the parlay. <laughs> I, got a, I got a fun parlay for you. You want to hear it? Yeah. Yeah. The over one and a half touchdown parlay. I, I do it all the time. I hit it last week, which was nice. I put it up on there on Twitter. Over one and a half touchdowns for all these guys, Tim, right? Uh, Josh Allen, Jared Goff, Tua, Trevor Lawrence, and Justin Herbert. 50 What's bucks it? pays you about 650. Okay. okay. Uh, I not? like it. I like it, yeah. Why not, right? We'll call that the, top, the TB parlay, the Tom Barton parlay. I'll take it. What's the one, If I not to jinx it, but if one of them, what's the guy that screws you on this one? I, I think Allen could if it's windy and they just decide to run and he gets within the five-yard line and he runs the ball in. I think That's Allen right. would be the guy. Looks like we got one more day game and then a few in the afternoon. So let's go ahead and take the final time out of the night. Here on your Saturday night edition of Heat Wave Sports. Still more Week NFL 3 on the way, including our free picks portion of the show. Stay tuned for all that as well. Heat Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio. Now back to Heat Wave Sports with Tim Oglesby and Tom Bart. Get you ready for NFL Sunday, Heat Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio. Make sure you tune in tomorrow night for the Overreaction Sunday show, the Super Sunday night edition of Heat Wave Sports, 10 o'clock right here on Fox Sports Radio as we break down week three for you and get you ready for the Monday night doubleheader. This week we get the Eagles and the Bucks and the Rams and the Bengals on Monday night. We'll break those games down for you tomorrow night. And we'll jump right back into week three action. Real quick, though, Tom, Hawaii on the four-yard line of New Mexico State, about to push this ball in. Hopefully, if you bet on Hawaii, you're back in it with a touchdown here. You did got that that uh, nasty hook, though, Tom. Hawaii's a three-point, three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Ah, the hook will get you, Tim. Yep, every time. Last morning game here on the docket. Baltimore Ravens at home, eight-point favorite over Indianapolis. Forty-three is a total. Looks like a bunch of injuries on the Ravens side of, of the between these two teams, Tommy. And of course, we know the injury there at the quarterback position for the Colts and Anthony Richardson. Your take on this one? Eight forty-three, the number, probably where it should be, right, Tom? Yeah. Listen, I like what I watched um, from the Raiders. I, I'm, I'm sorry, from the Ravens last week. Where, listen, <laughs> Lamar Jackson sitting in the pocket looked good, right? I mean, he, he looked good sitting back there, um, kind of relaxing and being good in the pocket. I was stunned at what I was watching, but but he did look good. And I think that they're starting to kind of get a little bit of a groove. But, but again, I think that also takes a little time. I think you look at this Ravens team and what has been the story about the Ravens for the last, what, two, three years? Can they stay healthy? The Ravens are not healthy. It's also supposed to be raining. It's also supposed to be uh, a lot of wind. 
It doesn't favor the Colts, that's for sure. But it's not going to favor the new Ravens. I'm really curious if they get back to the old Ravens tomorrow. Just let Edwards absolutely run wild. Let Edwards kind of, you know, eat up chunk yards. Let Lamar do a little bit of running around and kind of get out of here with with a tough win. I I know that the Colts are going to be without Anthony Richardson. I think that might hurt the Ravens. I think Minshew is one of those players that he just gives you fits. And and that style couldn't give the Ravens fits. I don't like laying the eight here. I think they win. They probably cover pretty convincingly, but there are elements, there are injuries, there's the Minshew factor, all that just gives me a little bit of a pause. Ronnie Stanley out for the Ravens on the offensive line. And you said it, Edwards, no Justice Hill, so they activated Melvin Gordon and Kenyon Drake, guys. So that that's the, that's the running back depth right there, Tom. They're just going to pound the ball. And like you said, but I think when you look at a new offense with Todd Monken, and you have Houston and Indianapolis on the schedule. Tommy gives them a chance to get the chemistry to get better, get adjusted. And I think, obviously, something was up with Burrow still. We'll talk about that a little more tomorrow night. But the Ravens, uh, just like you said, they're kind of getting adjusted as when you look at the schedule. Coming up next, two games at Cleveland, at Pittsburgh, next up. So we're going to jump right into division play after that. Yeah, look, the Ravens knew, uh, you know, they have a soft part of the schedule and they have an, uh, a tough part. You got to get the wins, you know, in the in the soft part before you start to concentrate on, on the tough wins. And here we go. We're going into the tough games after this one. You can't, like you said, you can't overlook this one. And there are elements here. As far as the Colts go, I think they're playing a lot better than I thought they would. I thought that this team was going to go completely in the tank. If they somehow or another can mend fences with Jonathan Taylor... Maybe the Colts aren't completely dead in the water this year. Score update, Hawaii touchdown. We're tied up at 17, 719 to go in the fourth. So those holding those Hawaii tickets, you're back in it. You're back in it. You just need another touchdown. You're not a field goal. Speaking of winners, Tommy, before we jump into the afternoon, talk about TomBartonSports.com, please. Another winning day today with the college football. Another two in one day. And, like I said, I, I'm just inching along, and inching along means two and one, two and one, two and one. Last three Saturdays, I, I will take that every time, Tim. I will take that every time. In college football so far this year, I'm ten and five. I will take that every single time. As a matter of fact, this week, I, I am seven and one in my level three plays. I'm crushing it. That's TomBartonSports.com. Last weekend, my two level three plays, I went two and zero oh on my upper level plays in the NFL. Then I came back on a Monday night. I hit the plus 120 money line underdog on the Steelers. Another good NFL week. So, so far, we're going in two weeks in the NFL, three weeks in college football, and you throw in a preseason win that I had in the NFL. You throw in the game in week zero that I won. I'm crushing it in, in football right now. Absolutely on fire. And I say every year. I usually start slow. This could just mean that we're going to have an absolutely incredible year at TomBartonSports.com. Guys, jump on board. You're going to get every play that I give out, every sport, every single day, and it's for one fee. That's it. There's no upgrades. There's no commission. There's no secondary packages. There's no phone calls. You never have to talk to anybody here. You never have to deal with anybody. You go right to the website. You sign up. You get your plays. That's it. There's no communication. If you want it, I'm more than available. But if you don't want to talk to anybody, you don't want to deal with any of the handicappers that you're used to, don't worry about it. Come to me. And let's get some winning started right away. Tomorrow, 
I have four plays on the board. Going to be a huge game, and a huge day again, and a huge game on the board as well. So come and check it out. It's TomBartonSports.com. All right, Tommy. Go to Seattle for our next game. The Panthers come to town, 0-2. and two. No Bryce Young. It's going to be Andy Dalton taking on the Seahawks and Geno Smith, who looked to, to, he looked like Geno Smith of last year in week number two, a win over the Lions. A lot of injury issues, though, coming out of Seattle this week as well. Your thoughts on this one? Hawks, about a five-point favorite, 42 is the number. Oh, look, my, my initial instinct was I, I like Seattle. I don't think Seattle is as bad as we saw in week one. Uh, I thought that Seattle was still a playoff team. And I was ready to go all in on Seattle because CJ, uh, uh, I mean, look, young, he just doesn't look good, right? He looks young, and I, I don't mean that. I stopped myself from saying it because it sounds silly, but it's the truth. He just looks like he needs some time to develop. Uh, the offense is not clicking. He doesn't have weapons. That's all fine, but the, the Panthers' defense I liked, and I've liked the Panthers' defense. Then Shaq Thompson goes down, and they were on a short week, and you got to travel to Seattle, and you got I was all in on Carolina. And now suddenly... Young isn't starting, Andy Dalton is. And I hate veterans in this spot. And veterans that are actually talented, and Andy Dalton, make fun of them all you want, is a talented veteran. So he's not afraid to go in the rain in Seattle on the road. He's not afraid on a short week. His body hasn't taken the beating of a short week. He doesn't have to worry about that. All of a sudden, this game that I was all in on when Young was there and Thompson was out, all of a sudden has turned on a dime, and now... The line has gone down as well because people see what I see. If this was young, you're betting against him. Rookie on the road, Seattle, hostile environment in the rain. Andy Dalton, not that frazzled. It's not a night game. We don't have to worry about him. And I think that Andy Dalton gives him a better chance to win in this specific game. So, yeah, I laid off of it. I did like Seattle. I told you I wanted to even put them in the contest. But once the quarterback change came down, I couldn't go with it. I couldn't roll with it. Arizona home against the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys 2-0. Arizona 0-2 blowing that lead against the Giants last week. Dallas, Tommy, has put up 40-30 and 30 in their first two games. And they are a 13-point favorite tomorrow. The total only 43. Well, look, Dallas is impressive. But there is a huge wait a second right now. Because while Dallas is impressive, and, and look, they absolutely are. They have beaten Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones. Is anybody like, you know sitting back and saying that that's an impressive feat? We just talked about it, right? That that's who they've beaten. They've beaten the Jets' defense, but not really, and the Giants' defense that, that look like garbage. Now the Cardinals, Cardinals didn't look so bad. They barely lost a game to the Washington that they were winning and should have won. They barely lost a game against the Giants that they probably should have won. Now you take this Dallas defense that is all world defense. You take away their best cornerback. Diggs is out for the season. And not only does that hurt the X's and O's of their best cornerback, and maybe it doesn't hurt them here with the Cardinals, right? But you take away the X's and O's of, of losing your best cornerback. But the locker room has got to feel that. He was a team leader. He was one of the guys that were going to bring them to the promised land this year. He was one of those guys. This was a Super Bowl-laden team. Suddenly, it's not. Now you get an Arizona team where you talk about a look-ahead spot, right? Dallas is sitting here and saying, we have Arizona, then we get the Patriots. I mean, and we get to go back home. They're, all, they're definitely thinking that Arizona is kind of a joke. 
I don't think the Cowboys let up enough here to lose because Pollard still has a lot to prove. The defense is still fantastic. But the Cardinals have played two games close. In the preseason, I told you, for some reason, these guys are flying all over the field defensively. They can hang in this thing. You mentioned the total. It's only 43. I think it's only 43 because people do expect the Cardinals' defense to play a little close. I think that this could be a game that Tony Pollard eats the clock. And all of a sudden, that 13, 12 and a half, 13, whatever you want to look at, it starts to look like a massive number to cover if it starts getting late in the day. Yeah, the numbers... I, I definitely question the number as far as which side you're going to bet on. And I know, Tom, public, Cowboys, people are going to bet this game. They're betting Dallas. I, I already know people that are doing it. My thing on it is that <clears throat> I, if you looked at the schedule, regardless of what happened in week one and two with Dallas, I kind of like looked at the Cardinal game as as like possible upset there. I thought maybe this was a spot where Dallas would run into um, – not a look-ahead situation, but maybe just not taking the Cardinals seriously until last week when I saw what the Giants did, which was not take the Cardinals seriously. So I think Dallas is well aware of how good the defense is that that Phoenix is playing. I think they're well aware of the possibility that uh, they're going to hang tough. But when I look at the X's and O's like you do and I see Josh Dobbs on the other side, they're not winning this game. And may, Will they cover? I'm going to say Dallas still covers, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. It's just for me, I thought the, the best uh, option for value would have been had New York gone in and done what we thought they were going to do, and that was win last week, Tom. But yet again, when we looked at last week's line, Giants weren't really favored by, by much either, correct? No, not at all. Yeah. Something was I like up. Dallas. Yeah, I like Dallas to win. I don't know if they'll cover. I, I assume they'll, they'll get their late touchdown to get there, but uh, I think any chance that you would have had to gain any value on an upset went out the window when the Giants laid an egg last week. I mean, but if the Giants beat them, what is the number, Tim? 14, 15? If the Giants, if the Giants go out and just win? Like, uh, yeah, last yeah. Week, you mean? if they won, you know, 28, 13 or something. Yeah, yeah. I would say it'd probably be around 14, 15, yeah, for sure. This one went up, actually. It was 12, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, th- I think another field goal on top of that. So, All right, Tom. Give us your take on this one. Kansas City at home, Arrowhead. Welcome in the Chicago Bears for an afternoon matchup. We know the Chiefs 1-1. One one. They get the win over Jacksonville to pull their record even. The Bears... Um, you already you already said, you already threw in the towel. Give them the number one pick next year, Tommy. The line twelve and a half. The total forty-eight. Yeah, I, this year doesn't matter. Give me the one and two pick, Carolina. We you know the Bears own the one and two pick, and that would be great. This is what I'm going with. I I've never said this probably in the history of the show. If you have a four hundred one k account, empty it tomorrow, <laughs> uh, and put it on the eight to one money line on Kansas City. They are absolutely not losing this game. The Bears with Justin Fields are 5-22 and in those games. He's been sacked 101 times. He's got under a 60% completion percentage. He's got 26 touchdowns and 24 interceptions. He's fumbled the ball 31 times. 31 times. Let me repeat that. Justin Fields has fumbled the ball 31 times. He's lost 8, but he's fumbled the ball 31 times. He averages 156 passing yards per game. (laughs) Okay. Justin Fields does run the ball, though, right, Tim? I mean, that's what we know. He had over 1,000 yards last season. Just absolutely fantastic. Just uh, just amazing. 
Uh, Justin Fields has two total design runs this season for one yard. Last year, his last nine games, Fields had 31 for 310 yards. No, no, this year he has got he's got two, two design runs. Matt Eberflus is three and sixteen as a head coach. Worst winning percentage of any coach that has ever coached the Bears, ever. Last time the Bears won a game, October twenty fourth, two thousand twenty two. They've lost twelve consecutive games. They've allowed twenty five points in every one of those games. It's the longest streak in the history of the NFL. The history. They're setting history, historic marks here. They've lost the last five games by 10 points or more. <laughs> okay. Patrick Mahomes has faced the Bears once before, 26-3. Uh, to He won that game without a problem. There's no way Kansas City's losing this game. I'm not joking. If you can get a hold uh, of a couple hundred thousand dollars, money line this game. There's no way Kansas City's losing this game. The only chance that the Bears have uh, of even competing in this game is because Justin Fields sat at the podium last week, and they asked him, why aren't you running? And he said, coaching. Yeah, he said it. He didn't say it meanly, but he said, yeah, it's coaching, meaning I'm overthinking things, I'm being overcoached. Yes, you are. So maybe he goes, you know what? I'm just going to run. Because, Luke, listen, Getsy was getting chance of fire the offensive coordinator in, in, in the stadium. Maybe he goes, you know what? If I'm going down, I'm just going to let the kid run. And perhaps him running, well, that might be okay. There's also a chance that Fields gets knocked out in this one because they're missing four offensive linemen, Tim. This is going to get ugly. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be atrocious. And Bears fans, Caleb Williams coming coming to Chicago. So, Tommy, when we did the preview show, you had the Bears sneaking into the playoffs. Were you sold? Were you, what did you did they go back on what the offensive game plan was supposed to be this season? Is the coaching just is so inept that you had to you believed in it and now it's just what it? I, I don't know what happened here. Well, I, I believed that Luke Getze couldn't be this dumb. <laughs> I believe that Coach Eberflus couldn't be this just absolutely stupid. And I'm using harsh terms because they deserve them. You have a guy that just set the record for rushing for a quarterback. You have the guy that just ran for 1,000 yards as a quarterback. He has two designed runs this year, Tim. Two. Two. I, I, I mean, what are we doing? Uh, what are what are we doing? There are games, and this is the truth. There are games where Peyton Manning and Tom Brady had more than two design runs. Okay? This is what Fields has in two games. I don't understand what their insistence upon making him a pocket quarterback is. Maybe he showed it in college. Maybe you like it what you see on film when he's practicing. Uh-uh. No. Don't go that down that road. Don't do it. Let Justin Fields be Justin Fields. Let him run around. Let him use DJ Moore. Let him get out in space. Let him be what he's got to go be. And let him create havoc. If he gets injured, he gets injured. But let him create havoc. The Chicago Bears trying to force him in. It's almost like they're trying to force this guy to fail. It's almost like, huh, it's almost like a coach and a GM and an offensive coordinator that didn't hand-select Justin Fields might not want him. Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Yes, I am. That's exactly what's going on. They want Justin Fields to fail. And it's a, it's a horrible thing to see 
and you see his feet, you see how he's doing it. There's so much wrong with this. And then getting back to Luke Getze, who is this idiot ever coached other than Aaron Rodgers, who coaches himself, clearly? So I, 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 fire them all. I, get rid of everybody. It, it's a disaster. What, what do you take on, on the Chiefs? So even if the Chiefs win, they blow them out tomorrow, is that a, an offensive wake-up? Because even in the win last week against Jacksonville, I know Mahomes had 300 yards passing and two touchdowns, but Kelsey was back, and, and his four grabs and a touchdown obviously were a difference maker. Tony didn't uh, drop as many balls he did in week one, but it's just, a, it's you know, it's, who's the guy there? If it's not Kelsey, who's the guy, Tom? Is it Moore? Is it Watson? Is it Gray? It's just a, a rotating line of guys that he's going to be able to throw to, or do you see that as an advantage? No, I, I think that it's it's fine for right now. Um but I think they, they have to find somebody. I do believe that the Kelsey injury scared them into a reality of, okay, we got to find someone. And maybe they think it's going to be Rice eventually. Maybe they think it's going to be Sky Moore who will eventually step up. Um, but they are the, they are really, truly, and Patrick Mahomes is really, truly leaning on older injured guys. McKinnon and Kelsey are his security blankets. Pachenko has the, the ability to be that, but he doesn't lean on him like that. He doesn't catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. So, I think that they're kind of stringing things together. If you watch the Chiefs against the Jaguars, they deserve to lose that game. If you watch the Chiefs against the Lions, they deserve to lose that game, right? I mean, the Chiefs could be winless at this point. Now, I don't think they're going to go out there and show any of that tomorrow against the Bears, but it's going to start to creep up to them that, look, you can't just keep going out there and running out Kelsey and McKinnon and hoping that both of these guys are going to save you in crunch situations, in playoff atmospheres, in hostile environments, against the AFC's best it's going to come back and bite you eventually. It hasn't, but I think that it might. And the Sunday nighter over on NBC, Tom. The Pittsburgh Steelers 1-1, one one, Monday night victory over the Browns. Head to Vegas. They're here. I saw the Pittsburgh faithful in the airport on Friday as I was coming back into town myself. And the Raiders, this is their home opener in week number three. They are 1-1 one one as well. A, a slim win in Denver. And then a lamb basting at the hands of the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. So home opener, one and one. Pittsburgh one and one. The Raiders are a two and a half point favorite, and the total is 43. The Raiders offense ranks 23rd in yards and 21st in points, Tim. It has been pretty rough. And you can tell me, well, you know what, against the Denver and the Bills, but look at what Sam Howell just did to Denver, right? So that that excuse is no longer flying. <laughs> that excuse is no longer there. Josh Jacobs, 46 yards on 28 carries through two games. I mean, that, that is rough. The Raiders have that feel of a team that might come out of it suddenly, though, right? They have a feel, the, the feel of a team of, well, if Adams is healthy and if Myers comes back and, and you know, if Jacobs could get a little something going, the Steelers are a tough team to do that against. But I continue to keep that Kenny, think that Kenny Pickett's going to turn it around, and he didn't look good at all. Najee Harris didn't look good at all. Uh, Pickens looked good on one catch. The other receivers haven't done anything. They've got to find somebody. Now, the Broncos absolutely destroyed them on running back carries and tight ends. The Bills destroyed them on running back carries and tight ends or flip outs, you know, uh, passes to running backs and tight ends. This is a Pat Fryermuth game. If Fryermuth can turn around and have a big game, Ra the, the Raiders can lose because that is a giant sore, a sore spot that I have found. So if I found it, the offensive coordinator has found it. 
I sort of lean the Raiders here. Short week for the Steelers. Don't like their offense. But, man, they got to show me something. And Jacob's got to get something done on the ground. Yeah, I like I like the Raiders tomorrow night. I think they get the win at home. All is well in Vegas. Rebels win. Raiders win, Tom. Rebels are going to the playoffs, national final, uh, championship playoffs, and the Raiders are going to the Super Bowl. What do you think? <laughs> it'll it'll be an interesting pivot, that's for sure. Yeah, and just to, to give Chris Wynn some love, Aces win tomorrow as well. So it'll be a great day or great weekend here in Las Vegas for all your sports teams. And looky, looky, Tom, over on the island, Hawaii on the 10-yard line, second and goal with a minute to go. So worst-case scenario, other than a completely missed field goal or a fumble, they kick this, and you lose by the hook if you bet Hawaii. How about that? Ooh. Oh, that's a, that's a way to end the Saturday night. <laughs> that's it. Kick them out of the bar now, Tom. They don't have money to pay for the, the tab, so get them out. <laughs> All right, free play time. We're off to a pretty good start, I'd say. Uh, Tommy in the lead right now, 2-0. and zero. I'm in second at 1-1, one and one, and our man C. Wynn, he, he's the reverse of Tom, 0-2, and two, so we'll start with C. Wynn. Chris Wynn loves Tommy. This is, so I'm going to give you the quote if I can find it here. Chris Wynn likes the Finns to lay the wood to Russell and Sean Payton. Mike McDaniel beat the hoodie last week. This week he hammers Peyton. Miami minus the six over the Broncos, Tom. Yeah, I kind of lean that way. I mean, I, there's no way you get me to bet Denver. I, I like right. Miami to win the game. I don't I don't love the six. I've seen it at six and a half in some stuff. So I don't love that. Um, but but they, they should they should handle this Russell Wilson is cooked situation. Timmy Teaser back on track. One and one for the season, Tom. I'm laying I'm laying some points this week. Well, when you take seven off, it really, what do you say, right? So we'll go the seven-point route. Give me your Jaguars, Jacksonville, minus one and a half. And I'm going to go against your Bears like everybody else should be. Give me the Bear or the Chiefs, minus five and a half, Tom. So Chiefs, five and a half, Jaguars, one and a half. Ooh, I like that one. I like that one a lot. Well, I've given you guys two favorites back-to-back weeks. I'm going something a little different. I'm giving you the Detroit Lions Team total over here, Tim. Okay, it's okay. 24. The Lions have scored 24 or more points in 10 of their last 11 home games. I talked about Goff. That's what he does, okay? They've actually scored 30-plus in eight of those games and 30-plus points at home in each of the last four games. I, I look at Detroit, and I go, I think they're just a team that's going to score points, and they're going to score points in, in bulk here. The Lions have some defensive problems. They have some guys that are banged up. That's why the line has fallen to three, which means they're going to have to score points to win. It's not like they're going to get out to an early lead. This seems like a back and forth. If you love the the regular total, sure, you could go with that. But I like Detroit Lions. What they've done 10 of the last 11 home games, I'll continue with it. Give me the over 24 points. Okay. So Tommy likes the over 24 for the Lions. Chris Wynn, minus six with the Dolphins. Timmy Teaser will be the Jags one and a half, Chiefs five and a half. I'll post this up over there on that X or Twitter, whatever you call it, tonight. We keep track of it every week for you. And Tom, as we roll on out of here, give us everything Tom Barton does well, including having my podcast loaded and ready to go for when I leave work tonight. 
Oh, yeah, guys. Go check it out. TomBartonSports.com. TomBartonSports.com. Check out the podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, we're doing good things over there. Tom Barton Sports over on YouTube. Tom Barton Sports on Twitter. Go hit me up. Come on, guys. You want to start making some money? I am red hot. I love when I'm red hot making my clients money. It is TomBartonSports.com. Until tomorrow night. It was a pleasure having Ari Platinum with us again tonight here on the show. We're back at it at 10 o'clock tomorrow night right here on Fox Sports Radio. Until then, have a great sports Sunday. Good night.